It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After the signing of Demir Bird, are Shai Smith and LaVishka Chenault still guarantees to make the Panthers' initial 53-man roster? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store. My listeners, meaning you, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in in the game store we are 10 10 days away from the 2023 NFL draft taking place in Kansas City Missouri from April 27th through the 29th and in 10 days time we will finally know who is going to be the pick there as the number one pick in the NFL draft will it be Bryce Young CJ Stroud or could it somehow be Anthony Richardson from Florida In 10 days' time, we will finally have that answer. We can no longer debate, even though I'm sure plenty of you still will say, oh, the Panthers got it wrong. They should have got this guy. Why would you move it to number one for him? We'll see what's going to happen. We still have 10 more days to argue, rip each other apart until we find out what the answer is. But until then, at least for one day, that being today, let's not think too much about the draft. Now, we will talk a little bit about it today as I want to look at the depth chart. Here in Carolina, looking at Friday, Demir Bird being signed, I started to think about what might that mean for a guy like LaVishka Chenault and Terrence Marshall and Shai Smith, but really Shai and LaVishka as you look at the depth chart heading into OTAs and mandatory minicamp, really the draft and how another wide receiver being added to this roster, especially at 39, could impact those players now that Demir Bird is signed here. And the emphasis since trading away DJ Moore has been trying to bring in more receivers and really revamping that room with Adam Thielen and DJ Shark. And now Demir Bird, they wanted more speed. They wanted more playmakers, and they have done that with Bird as far as a speedster. And Shark is a big play guy down the field. The Chenault. The Smith, do they still make the roster? And it's not just that wide receiver. There's been other moves made through free agency, and that could be made through the draft that could impact some players on this roster. So today on the show, I want to look at the offense and defensive depth chart. Also, special teams-wise, we already know who the kicker is going to be, the punter is going to be, long snapper, all that kind of stuff. But there's also some positional players here in Carolina that are special teams aces who could make the roster because 
of that special team's prowess. I want to get into all that here on today's show. Let's go ahead and start off, though, on the offense at the quarterback position. The question will be, will they keep three? Andy Dalton, 10-year deal, $17 million in incentives over the next two seasons, will be the mentor, will potentially be the week one starter for how long we will see. But based off of whenever that rookie is ready, Andy Dalton will be QB1 probably during OTAs, mandatory main camp, starting off training camp, and then from there, we will find out whether Anthony, Bryce, or CJ is ready to go come week one, week five, seven. At all this season, I'm sure one of them will be ready, but we'll see how that plays out. But Andy Dalton is on the roster at least in next two years as that veteran backup, that mentor, and the bridge starter as of right now. Now, behind him currently is Matt Corral, third-round draft pick out of last year from Ole Miss, and Jacob Eason, who played for a little bit there in that fourth quarter um, that Rams game, the first game of Steve Wilkes' tenure in Carolina, and actually had the most explosive day of the play of the day after they took out P.J. Walker. Really weird situation. Eason was in Indianapolis before with Frank Reich before getting cut in favor of Sam Ellinger. I don't think he's going to have uh, much of a stay here in Carolina, though I believe they're going to have four quarterbacks down there during preseason training camp, which is basically what most teams do in the NFL. So it'll be the rookie quarterback, behind Dalton, then Matt Corral. I would imagine that they'll keep three just based off of what Frank Reich has done in Indianapolis since that 2020 pandemic season where every team in the NFL was trying to have as many quarterbacks as possible so they would not be in a situation like the Denver Broncos wound up being that year of contact tracing where they had to start a wide receiver and Kendall Hinton there in Denver at, at quarterback for that game. They want to avoid that, and that has been the trend throughout the league the last couple of years, having three quarterbacks. And that has been the case every year in Indy for Frank Reich in 2020, 21, and 22 since that pandemic season. I would not be surprised to see that continue here in Carolina after signing Dalton, knowing you're going to draft a quarterback, and then Matt Corral heading into his second year, really a rookie season after missing his entire rookie season with a foot injury. Do the Panthers want to move off of him that quickly? If there's a trade out there, I could see that happening. Right now, the Panthers are not shopping him, as that was something that was reported about two months ago, that there were teams interested in that the Panthers might be interested in trading him. We'll see how that plays out here over the next couple of weeks and months, but I expect that Dalton, Corral, and the rookie will be the three quarterbacks. Now, one thing that's important to recognize is that there's an emergency quarterback rule out there that was tabled at the most recent NFL owners meetings two weeks ago in Phoenix, Arizona. When you go back to the NFC title game and when the 49ers lost Brock Purdy, NFL does not want that situation to play out in one of the most important games of the season. Now, I don't know how avoidable it would have been and how many caliber, high-caliber quarterbacks would have even been available to be emergency quarterback in that situation had Josh Johnson gone out. But still, you understand the attrition at that position. You don't want to be in that position, especially the league does not want to have as many eyeballs on a game like that. So that's a rule to look out for. It was tabled. Teams are still trying to find more clarification regarding if that emergency player is going to be a practice squad member or on the 53-man roster. And if the Panthers cut Corral, maybe they could put him on the practice squad. He could be that emergency quarterback. If they have to keep him, then I would imagine they would probably have him 53-man roster. So that's something that could potentially change how the Panthers and other teams look at how many quarterbacks to keep on their roster with that rule possibly going into place here in 2023. I think there's NFL owners meetings next month in May, so that's something to look out for. But right now, I expect it to be Dalton, the rookie, Corral, in that order, in the quarterback room, heading into training camp here in 2023. At running back, when I went back and looked at 
a lot of the trends as far as how many players were kept on the initial 53-man roster when Reich was in Indianapolis. At running back, some years it was three, other years it was four. One thing that's important to note, Frank Reich does not use a fullback. And we'll get to that when we talk about tight ends here momentarily. So a fullback is not a part of his offense in, in Indianapolis. They haven't had a fullback since the 2013 season. But when Frank Reich was there from 19 to 22, I guess 18 to 22, they never use a fullback. But as far as running back goes, Miles Sanders, obviously on the roster. Chuba Hubbard, I would imagine, obviously on the roster. And then currently you have Raheem Blackshear and Spencer Brown. Now, Blackshear is a kick returner. He's someone who can also be a third down back if you need him. I would think that right now he's on the roster when the Panthers are going to be needing someone to return to football. Spencer Brown was a rule guy, never made the roster. Seems like he's headed back to the practice squad for a third straight season, maybe not even on the practice squad, depending on how things play out. So those are the four running backs right now. Sanders, Hubbard, Blackshear, you can see all of them on the roster. If they add a fourth, you would think that they would want to try and find a bruiser. Is there one of those later on in the draft, maybe in the fourth round, the fifth round, the Carolina Panthers go out there and pick up? Or is there someone who falls to 39 and is the best player available and you decide to take that player instead? And that potentially could impact a guy like Chuba Hubbard, who right now you see as that second back for the Carolina Panthers. But they need a bigger short yardage back for this offense, whether that's through the draft or roster cutdowns later on in August, or maybe finding a free agent that's available right now, you think the Carolina Panthers can be trying to target that in the running back room. But traditionally, Frank Reich in Indianapolis has either kept three or four running backs. Sanders, Hubbard, Blackshear would feel like right now those guys would be safe to make the roster based off of what we have. Now, wide receiver. There have been years in Indianapolis where Reich is at five, he's at six, he's at seven. Most of the time, he's had six wide receivers. And that feels like the standard among teams in the NFL. Adam Thielen, obviously on the roster. DJ Chark, going to be on the roster. Terrace Marshall Jr., hard to see him not being on the roster. So that means there's three spots available among Shai Smith, Lishka Chenault, Demir Bird, C.J. Saunders, Preston Williams, Derek Wright. Now, Derek Wright, don't see him making the roster. Preston Williams, who has played in the NFL, mainly with the Miami Dolphins, was a practice squad guy last year, got an opportunity in week 18 at New Orleans. We didn't see really anything out of him. C.J. Saunders has been someone who's been used as a punt returner in the past, has not been able to make the roster as a special teams guy. Maybe this is the opportunity for him. We'll see. But those three, you would say, are probably on the outside looking in right now with Shai, LaVishka, and Demir making the roster. And I brought this up before that at 39, I feel like wide receiver would make the most sense, obviously based off of what the draft board looks like and that they could still add another wide receiver later on because Thielen is not a long-term option. DJ Chark is not a long-term option. Terrace Marshall, we'll see. Right now, we don't know whether he's a long-term option. Neither is Shai Smith or LaVisca Chenault. They don't have someone who's under contract for the next four years who, who could be paired with this rookie quarterback, which is why I would be willing to get a Jalen Hyatt, a Josh Downs, someone there in the second round to be a big play receiver down the line for whoever they draft at number one overall in the draft. And if that happens, if they take one or maybe two, does Shy make the roster? Does LaVishka make the roster? Demir Bird, I don't know whether they're really looking at him as someone who's absolutely a shoe-in to be on the initial 53, but you have to look at wide receiver heading into the draft and wonder – which one of these guys potentially could lose their job based off of what decision the Carolina Panthers decide to make at 39 or at 93 there in the second and third rounds? 
So Shai Smith, LaVisca, Chenault, Demir, Bird, but especially Shai and LaVisca, two guys who have already seen themselves kind of fall back in the depth chart when DJ Moore was taken off. It's like, all right, hey, maybe we have an opportunity. When you bring in Terrace, sorry, when you bring in Adam Thielen, you bring in DJ Chark, and you have Terrace, like those are your top three. The rest of these guys are battling and having to differentiate themselves. And Shai Smith can play a little special teams. Demir Bird can do the same thing. C.J. Saunders is going to be going out there trying to be a returner. LaVisca Chenault, how does he fit into the mix there? And if they add a wide receiver, who gets clipped at the end of the day? So that's something to look out for heading into the draft when you look at the wide receiver room. Now at tight end, Frank Reich, back in Indy, usually kept three, sometimes four tight ends, really depending on on what kind of depth that they had there. Hayden Hurst, obviously on the roster. I would think Ian Thomas, even after restructuring that contract, he's probably going to be on the roster. Tommy Trimble, don't see him getting cut. So that could be the three. Now, Gio Ritchie, Stephon Sullivan, those are the other two here in Carolina right now. There is also talk, as we've discussed here, leading up to the draft, that the Panthers could be targeting a tight end later on in the middle rounds of the draft, especially in a deep tight end class that could make sense for Carolina, especially a pass catcher, which Ian Thomas and Tommy Trimble so far have not shown to be, especially Thomas throughout their careers. Tommy only two years. Ian, what, five years now? So we kind of know what he is and what he's going to be in the NFL. But if Hayden Hurst goes down, who do you depend on? I don't think you depend on Ian Thomas or Tommy Trimble just based off what we've seen the past two years with those guys here in Carolina under Matt Rule as the head coach. Yes, Rule in that offense, they never utilized the tight end that much, but still, those guys have not shown nearly enough promise to really feel confident about the depth in this position room if Hayden Hurst were to go down. Now, Gio Ritchie played fullback the last couple of years, no fullback in this offense, as I mentioned earlier. He's been a pretty good pass catcher, though. When you look at the preseason games and the opportunities he's gotten in a regular season, I would not be surprised to see Gio Ritchie be able to find a way to make this roster because he actually has shown more prowess as a pass catcher than Thomas and Trimble. And I'm not saying he's going to make it over Thomas or Trimble, but I could see him maybe being that fourth tight end, especially to decide not to go out there and to draft one in a couple of days. Stephon Sullivan. He was a wide receiver back at LSU, like we talked to Keith um, Sanders about last year or last week, um, or Sanchez, rather, Keith Sanchez of a locked-on NFL draft. He was a wide receiver who had to convert to tight end in the NFL, and it's such a really difficult transition to make. Again, one of those rule guys like a Richie. We'll see what happens with him. The three, four tight ends. Would not be surprised Gio Richie, based on what they do in the draft, finds his way on the roster just based off of how he's been able to be a fairly solid pass catcher wouldn't give him the opportunity. Offensive line. We know who's going to be on the roster. Icky, Brady, Bradley, Austin, Taylor. Like, those are your starting five. Uh, Cade Mays, who'll be on the roster again. Justin McRae could start depending on when Austin Corbett's ready coming off of that ACL injury. Then after that, it's Larnell Coleman, who's a tackle. You got Sam Tecklenburg. And then Deontay Brown with a fresh start, who's really struggled with his weight. Did not make the initial 53-man roster last year. Was signed to the practice squad. We'll see where he is because that man is massive. And you would love for him to be a depth piece here in Carolina. He's not going to be a starter based off of Brady being here and how he's played. And then Austin Corbett and how he's played. And Cade Mays now. And Ingram McRae on the roster. So he could be looking at also not making it again. Just knowing that you have two guards who are backups in Mays and McRae. What the Panthers really need is a swing tackle. And I don't think Cam Irving has been re-signed anywhere. He could make sense if he wants to play football here in Carolina. Uh, I don't look at Larnell Coleman as that. Tecklenburg certainly can play center, but also you already have a guy like Brady Christensen who can play center maybe if you need him to. Bradley Bozeman already is the center. You got Caden Mays who they talk about could play center. So Tecklenburg might be fine to make the roster. 
but a swing tackle, that's something the Carolina Panthers really should be looking at, whether it's a veteran out there in free agency or going into the draft as a tackle that they, they like early enough. Now, I don't know if it's the biggest need, but as far as depth goes, the depth was better last year when you had guys like a Pat Elfline, who, of course, now he got injured, but you had Brady Bradley Bowes behind him who stepped in to be the starting center. But then you also had a guy like Cam Irving who would be that swing tackle. They need that here in Carolina. So that's looking at the offensive depth chart so far. Will they keep three quarterbacks? I would think right now they would. Running back, probably need a bruiser, wide receiver. Depends on what happens in the draft. With some of these guys who have been signed or have been here the last couple of years who have not done them much as far as production could be seeing their jobs get clipped. They're not tied in. Feels pretty steady. Depending on what happens also in the draft, maybe a guy like Richie could sneak in there in an offensive line, really think they could use a swing tackle. So that's the offensive side of the ball as far as the depth chart goes. What does it look like defensively? What areas of concern are there and who could also be getting squeezed here based off of the results in 10 days time with the NFL draft? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you ever thought you'd make a good general manager, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiations, Negotiating players' salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, players slash personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a realistic and challenging game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Plan to go and as you want and when you want to. Lockdown Panthers listeners, meaning you, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So how do things look defensively on the Carolina Panthers depth chart as we head into the NFL draft 10 days time down there in KC Mo. Looking at defensive tackle and defensive line overall. Start with the defensive tackles, then we'll get to the defensive ends. Derek Brown, Shai Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, those guys have all solidified themselves as starters heading into the 2023 season, just depending on what kind of formation, whether it's three men down or four down, Derek Brown, Shai Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, those are going to be your top three defensive tackles, really expecting a big season out of Derek Brown heading into year four. Shai Tuttle getting paid starters money, Deshaun Williams having spent time last year in Denver under new defensive coordinator Rogero Averro. makes a lot of sense that he would be here as that veteran piece, but also someone who can step in and start when needed. Marquand McCall. Really looked great last year, the preseason. Made a couple plays even during the regular season. I would see him as that fourth option at defensive tackle. Then Bravion Roy, a rule guy, mind you. We'll see where he fits in all this. But as far as depth there, 
you're thinking that those are the top five. Then you have John Penasini and Raekwon Williams, two guys who I just learned were on the roster um, this morning when I put together the show notes for today. So those guys will uh, clearly be here for um, training camp and to be out there playing late in the fourth quarter during the preseason. So God bless them. Maybe they can be practice squad guys, but Brown, Tuttle, Williams going to get the bulk of the snaps there at defensive tackle. Can see Marquand McCall and Brave Aaron Roy get an opportunity, but Brave Aaron Roy, that's someone to look out for as a former rule guy, whether he actually gets much of an opportunity now under this new coaching staff, and if he even fits the scheme that they're wanting to run here in Carolina. I could see them maybe targeting a defensive tackle late, I don't really think that's kind of a major need after we ha- when you have Derek Brown, you got Tuttle, you got Williams, you, you have a couple guys that have had experience the last couple seasons. I think they're probably set there, especially after adding Tuttle and Williams with the experience. They're probably set at defensive tackle. Now, defensive end, that is still a concern. An edge rusher overall. Brian Burns, he's outside linebacker, DN, edge, however you want to really describe him. He's a football player, and he's a hell of a football player for the Carolina Panthers. He's about to get paid a ton of money right after the draft wraps up next weekend. Burns, your top guy. You have no concern about him. Marquise Haynes, the last couple seasons, three sacks, four sacks, five sacks. He's been good situationally. He was pretty quiet. For the first 10 weeks of the season, then broke out in that final drive against Atlanta on Thursday night in the rain with those two sacks to wrap up that game. Need more consistency out of him, but at this point in his career, you kind of know who Marquise Haynes is. And you have to also wonder, you go back to training camp, had a knee issue, did that slow him down early on in the season? Is that part of the reason why he was not able to make as much of an impact until week 11? So often we don't know what these guys are going through throughout the season. They might be on the injury report. They might not even be up there. We don't know what's ailing them and what kind of aches that they're having that might be limiting them. So that's one of the uh, th- deals I've thought about with Marquise Haynes and maybe giving him the benefit of the doubt to why he did not perform at the level that, I don't know, if we really expect. He had a career year as far as sacks goes. I don't know if we expected a ton of Marquise Haynes. The production you got out of him, that's good. You just would hope that maybe you could spread that out, out throughout the season instead of just having that you know last couple of weeks where he really kind of stood up and uh, started making some of those plays. But I do think that part, part of it, it could have been based on the knee injury he suffered during training camp down there in Wofford. Uh, Henry Anderson, he's back as that run stuffer on the edge. Etor Grosmatos, Big year for him. Year four, we have not seen it at all. And that's a player that you look at. If he gets cut, he gets cut because he has not produced. It's a new coaching staff, and they did not see nearly enough out of him. Amari Barno was just drafted a year ago. Again, one of those rule guys. Not as much as, obviously, a Bravion Roy who played for rule back at Baylor. We didn't get to see enough out of him last year. Looked good in the preseason when he got opportunities. So we'll see where he fits into this. But Etor Grossmatos, this is it for him. Contract year, those are undefeated. He's had moments where he's looked like he could be a stud. But there's a reason why they brought in Henry Anderson last year. There's a reason why they're bringing back Henry Anderson. And there's a reason why we're all sitting here wondering, is there someone out there who can be an edge rusher? Now, Grossmatos not really seen much of as an edge rusher. It'll be interesting to see. So they got rid of Morgan Fox to give him the opportunity to start. Morgan Vox had a good season last year with the Chargers. You kind of look at it as that was a bad decision to cut him when Gross Matos did not produce at all for the Carolina Panthers. So that's a room that you definitely would like to see the Carolina Panthers add to, especially when it comes to an edge rusher, Kobe Jones, the other defensive end right now in that position group. Uh, Linebacker. 
We know that linebacker is a need for the Panthers. Thank God they brought back Shaq Thompson, Frankie Luvo. Those two will be the starting linebackers in this defense. Kamu Gruyere-Hill, who spent time last year in Houston. He's someone who's also played in Philadelphia, who will be a special teams guy, but also has the veteran leadership to be able to play as a backup for Shaq and Frankie. Imagine he's on the roster. Brandon Smith, want to see more out of him. He was challenged last year by Steve Wilkes. Didn't really get much of an opportunity later on in the season. Would like to see Brandon Smith step up here and show himself to be someone who could be dependent upon down there in the future. Chandler Wooten, Aaron Mosby, the other two. But linebacker, that's a position we've talked about too heading into the draft. I don't know if we look at it at 39 or at 93. But if they go out there and get a linebacker, that'd make a lot of sense just to find someone who could be a depth piece for the Carolina Panthers. Because right now it's Shaq, it's Frankie, it's sort of Greer Hill. And then after that, you don't have much faith in really anybody else on that roster just based off of what they've actually accomplished so far in the National Football League. Now the secondary, it's it's kind of it's kind of thin, a little thin when you think about it. J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, when they're healthy, they're fantastic. The problem is Dante has not been healthy the last three years, and J.C. Horn so far – unfortunately, with the foot injury suffered in a turf in Houston and then last year, friendly fire, has just not been able to stay healthy enough for the Carolina Panthers, especially in the most important game they played last year, going to Week 17 on the road in Tampa Bay. Not his fault at all, and I'm not sitting here saying that J.C. Horn is injury-prone, but it's just unfortunate it's happened to him the last couple of years. That's just part of the game. But the Panthers have been exposed when they lost those two guys. And them missing the playoffs is as much about – the bad quarterback play at the beginning of the season and Matt Rule being an inept coach, as much as it has to do with them not having their top two corners at the end of the season in J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson, even just having one. If J.C. is lined up there with Mike Evans, do those touchdowns happen? I'm saying no. Maybe one of them, because Mike Evans, he gets paid too. He's also good, but not as many as that happened that Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. The Panthers, I do not think, are losing that football game in that manner if J.C. Horn is available. So J.C., Dante, when they're available, they're good. But the problem is the two of them together are not available enough at the time. C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, they were exposed later on in the games last season in Week 17 and even Week 18 when Josh Norman, who was signed out of his coffee shop in Atlanta, was playing over Keith Taylor. Like, that is unacceptable on so many levels for the fifth rounder in the 2021 draft out of Washington. Stan Thomas Oliver, more special teams guy, a rule guy, so we'll see how he fits into things here moving forward. Uh, Eric Rowe, though, that's a signing I actually missed. Most of you probably remember him as the guy who started over Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl 52 a couple years ago. I don't think we ever really got an explanation to why the hell Malcolm Butler was not playing for New England that afternoon. doesn't really matter. Got a lot of experience starting the last couple seasons in Miami with the Dolphins. Now here is a veteran corner. I would think that he's probably going to be the number three guy when you look at it right now with Horn, with Dante, then Eric Rowe. But you got to find a future number two. Dante coming off of that Achilles injury, you have to wonder, will he be in Carolina next season? Could he be a cap casualty? Could he be a player where it's just like, hey, you've dealt with a lot of injuries. You're just not the same guy if he really struggles to come back this, this upcoming season, which is I hope that's not the case because I would really love Dante Jackson to stay here long-term in Carolina for at least a couple more years but he's really got to bounce back off of that Achilles and show enough, but really he's got to show the durability and he might not have that. And you look at what they've had in Seattle as far as the mold of corners, like the Richard Shermans. Dante does not fit that. JC, Keith, CJ, they kind of fit more of what they had in Seattle. Do they want to go find a bigger corner? This is a deep quarterback class. 
I think that's a position group that they absolutely should go out and look for, maybe even at 39. We talked to Steven Ruiz of the Ringer last week. He feels like that's the top need for the Carolina Panthers, and it's hard to really disagree with that, especially when you look at the depth behind Horn and Jackson and also the injury concerns that those guys have had the last couple of seasons. At safety, Von Bell, Xavier Woods, those are the starters. Jeremy Chin can play safety, has played safety, but going to be playing closer up into the box, more of a big nickel and whatever kind of playmaking role they want to put him out there into Gerald Averro's no new defensive scheme. So excited to see what that looks like. Sam Franklin, he's a depth guy, but really more so a special teams guy. Was signed to a new deal. No concern at all that he'll be on the roster. Then Miles Dorn, a uh, – free agent out of North Carolina who's bounced around the league early on in his career. He's also out there. He's a Charlotte guy, so good to see Miles Dorn getting the opportunity. But, but safety, you feel fine with Vaughn, Xavier, and if one of those guys go down, you know Jeremy Chin can go back there and play. You might want to add one more safety maybe through the draft. Now, it's not a deep safety dra- draft class. So maybe that doesn't make a ton of sense, but maybe there's a veteran out there. But that might be the safety room for the Carolina Panthers. And losing a guy like Miles Hartsfield hurts because he was versatile. Could play safety, but the Panthers decided that, hey, they were going to move on. He's now in San Francisco teaming up with Steve Wilkes. It makes sense for him to go out there in a defense that he understands and a coach he's played for, uh, played with before. Played for before. Played, yeah, played with, yeah, played, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um, So there we go with safety. But corner, I would see them need to add somewhere. Linebacker, edge rusher. Those are the, the groups we've talked about ad nauseum here the last couple of weeks that the Carolina Panthers could add to in free agency, but definitely heading into the draft as we look at that depth chart right now. All right, we'll take a quick pause. We'll look at special teams, but also not just, you know, the long snapper, the kicker, and the punter who we all know is going to be on the roster. What some guys who are positional players that we talked about could be able to find their way into the roster because of their special teams prowess. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There will be no competition at the kicker position here in Carolina heading into 2023. The Panthers deciding that Eddie Pinheiro, he's our guy, and Zane Gonzalez, we love you, sorry, but we're going to trade you to San Francisco where, honestly, we're doing you a favor. You still get your million dollars next season. You get to go to a better team, and you get to be the starting kicker. So, Zane, we love you. Unfortunately, the injuries did not work out the last couple seasons, but Eddie was really good for us after missing those crucial kicks in Atlanta. Dude was perfect the rest of the year, and you had that built-in relationship with Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator. So it makes a lot more sense that the Panthers would choose Eddie Pinheiro over Zane Gonzalez and then be able to get assets for Zane Gonzalez when trading away. So win, win, win for Eddie, for the Panthers, and for Zane Gonzalez heading into the 2023 season. Johnny Hecker, one of the best punters in the NFL. He'll be back here in Carolina. Then J.J. Jansen, the longest tenured player here in Panthers history and having played in the most games in Panthers history, should get the key to the city. Dude basically is the mayor, in my opinion. J.J. Jansen back there at long snapper. So those three... That battery, you knew that was always going to be the case here in Carolina once the Panthers moved off of Zane Gonzalez. Now, what players who have been mentioned in their position groups are going to be able to make the roster based off of special teams? Sam Franklin, 
absolutely he's going to be on the roster no matter what. No concern at all, of course, injury aside. No concern at all about Sam Franklin being on the roster coming up here in 2023. You would love to see him be able to be a backup at safety and have, you know, Confidence in him, and we'll see how that works out. With Sam Franklin, he's here to be a special teams player. Kamu Greer Hill, he's here to be a depth piece at interior linebacker. Also see him being a depth piece or someone who can be counted on on special teams. Raheem Blackshear as a kick returner. I see him on the roster right now as a kick returner. And then two other guys, I'm interested to see kind of how they are able to maybe make the roster. It's Stan, it's Stan Thomas Oliver who's been more a special teams guy. He's smaller at corner. You don't really look at him as ever being kind of a – high-level backup corner, at least what the Panthers have right now. Maybe it's an opportunity based off of how C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor have performed the last couple of years. But special teams is the way to the on the roster for Stan Thomas Oliver. That's been the case since he was drafted in the seventh round out of FIU back in that pandemic 2020 NFL draft. And then Shai Smith, they tried a punt returner last year. Wasn't great. He's going to have to do a lot better this year if he wants to be able to make the roster. And maybe Demir Bird is someone that they're looking at and why they brought him in here to be a kick return for the Carolina Panthers. Like, those are kind of the players. Shai Smith, Stan Thomas Oliver, Demir Bird, who really got to differentiate themselves and separate themselves at those positions as far as special teams-wise. They want to make the roster. Now, wide receiver, as I mentioned earlier, you got Shai, you got Demir Bird, you got Levis probably all making the roster if they're keeping six just based off of what they have right now. But they add somebody. Those guys are going to need to show themselves, special teams-wise, that they are worthy of being on the initial 53-man roster. So that's something certainly that we that we should be monitoring here heading into the draft and then once OTA's mandatory minicamp start, and of course, once training camp starts, as we wonder who will be able to win some of those positional battles heading into the 2023 season. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Pages podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get in those weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Tuesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.